Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Day in the Life of Zori podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about, let me tell you about my Jesus. And not just because it's Easter, but just because it's been weighing on my mind and it's something I want to share with you guys. So I definitely shared how I am a worship leader, and I've shared a little bit of my insight in terms of how I grew up and how all of that has molded me and as a person. But I also want to be able to share with you just my personal experiences with, you know, with my God and with my relationship with God on my own accord. And I'll share that in a few different ways, um, in a few different moments and, you know, spots of time that I think resonate in, in terms of what has molded my Christian walk and what has molded who I am as a person, as a believer, as someone who leads in um, a Christian church. And I just want to be able to share all of that with you this week. So hopefully you stay tuned and hear a little bit about my story. And let me tell you about my Jesus. Not just because it's Easter week, but it definitely resonates for a nice week where people are meditating about doing things for, um, you know, to further develop or establish a relationship with God. And I think that it is a week where people are looking to hear, you know, the encouraging positive um, aspects of Christianity, which has very much been tainted over time due to legalistic, um, you know, people setting rules where God has not set the rules for these specific things. Um, And I just want to share a little bit about that. All right, here we go. So the beginning of my relationship or my knowledge of Christianity or relationship with God originates with, of course, my parents and them raising us in a Christian church and always, 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 whether we were in church or for a short period of time where we weren't attending a church regularly, instilling faith in our lives was a crucial part of part of our upbringing and when I think about that it really resonates throughout the course of my life so when I was about four or five my mom has shared this particular thing and I may have shared it I think during my worship leader session where I crying you know crying in tears as she was brushing my hair I tell her that I had a dream of this white figure, no face seen, pointing me out and saying that he was going to use me. And presumably that figure to me was God speaking to me in my dream as a small child telling me that he was going to use me, which meant that I had some specific purpose that I was being called to do and and complete and fulfill and this was going to come to pass. Fast forward to probably my preteen years, um, I was very much engaged in church. We, we participated in kids groups and early youth groups. Um, and throughout all of that, I've learned so very much from all of the leaders that I've had over the course of my life. Um, and you know, the highest recollection is probably with between my preteen years to now into adulthood. Um, just the distinction of breaking away from that legalistic, you know, women can't wear pants, you can't cut your hair, you can't wear makeup, you can't wear jewelry, you know, all these things to actually stripping it down to the truth of the matter, which is 
in order to be a Christian, you have to follow Christ and be Christ-like. Does that mean that you're going to be a perfect human once you become a Christian and accept a relationship with Jesus? Absolutely not. We're human. We make mistakes. We mess up on a regular basis. I have shared in my worship leader session, we mess up. We're people just like everybody else. So, During these years where I began to kind of grow into my own space and kind of explore my own, um, you know, explore my own, not interpretation, but my own understanding of um, Christianity and what that meant for my life, there came a point where I gave my heart to the Lord wholeheartedly. And I want to, I want to share that that was probably around the age of 15, where it like, realistically, I took that step of faith for my own life and sought to establish and have a relationship come to fruition between myself and God. And this was completely independent of anything my parents did in my life. It was completely independent of anything that was expected for me in my life. It was something that I felt compelled to do and take the steps and measures to commit myself to that relationship with God. And what I want to share at this point is... When people think about having a relationship with God, we're thinking of this giant, powerful being. And how could I possibly approach nor have any kind of relationship or connection to this higher entity? And we forget that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to be a man like you and I, to live the life that you and I have lived, the trials and tribulations and problems and temptation, and for him to conquer and die at the cross, but also raise again to life for us to be able to be saved, to be able to be filled and covered by grace and love and mercy through that sacrifice. There's absolutely nothing you and I can do or say or implore before God that is going to change anything except for the fact when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we establish a connection, a relationship that brings on... um different aspects and facets of our walk and like any relationship you have to commit time to it you have to commit effort you have to put in some work and how do you put in work to create and build a relationship with God who you can't really hear who you can't really see well you read his word you meditate um in in you know inspiring positive worship music you meditate in his word you pray and you communicate to God and I know for some people it's like I'm just talking to air you know what then if if you're talking to air so great so be it but what if there's actually someone actively listening to you what what if what is so wrong about choosing to believe that there is actually someone listening to me listening to my cries and helping me to strengthen me to bring me peace to bring me comfort in my times of grief and strife and trouble and I'm going to share with you a few instances where I've seen this like come to play in my life so Age 15, I truly decided to give my heart to the Lord. And I said, you know what? 
I'm going to go ahead and commit to this. I know that I've had these dreams and visions in the past where you've promised to use me. I don't know how you're going to do it. Um, I don't know how I fit into that plan because at that point I was a very introverted, shy, quiet individual. Nobody in a million years would know that I sang. Nobody in a million years would have known anything of the talents and gifts that God had bestowed upon me if it were not for my mother. Um, and she, to this day, says, where would you be if I hadn't pushed you? She's like, and I apologize for having pushed you beyond your comfort. She's like, but it was my purpose to push you to be able to help you develop these skills and talents and gifts that God bestowed upon you. And I will tell you that at 36 now, 20, 21 years later, I... I'm grateful for my mother nudging me and pushing me and putting me out there, putting me on blast because those were the steps and measures that God was utilizing, the tools and people in my life that he was utilizing to build up that thick skin, but also to build up that spiritual maturity, to be able to be swift in the spirit, to be able to allow myself to be that vessel for him to speak to and reach his people in the midst of worship. And from 15 onward, I started to really take on a different, more in-depth relationship approach to God. And I and I really did take to heart praying and trying to read his word. I mean, you know, as much as you could when you're 15. I mean, so fast forward a few more years and we're at this new church which is the current church that I lead at now and it was something that came through because my worship uh, excuse me my youth leader at the time knew that I sang because I participated within the youth group and then it came to be that I ended up being like a background vocal for our main worship team on Sundays. And from there, I continued to grow and flourish and develop my talents, still very much introverted, still very much reserved and holding back. And I will tell you that anytime I boldly asked God before service to use me, to give me the words, to, to give me whatever it was that he needed to give his people, whenever I boldly and wholeheartedly asked God um, to take over, I can with certainty tell you that you could feel the environment change during worship. You can feel the shift in the atmosphere and it's something so powerful. It's something so indescribable. Like there's not any specific word that I can describe. You just Feel the shift in the atmosphere and honestly I'm gonna tell you I don't I when I sing and I worship 90% of the time my eyes are closed because I don't want to make any eye contact with anybody I don't want to create undue influence for people to be reactive I want people to be reactive because they're feeling it in their heart in their spirit in their soul to praise and um, elevate the name of Jesus and I can tell you that whenever I've wholeheartedly asked God to just take over which is something that I now do routinely every Sunday when I'm still freaking out 21 years later about, you know, standing there and doing worship, I just take a deep breath and I say, Lord, 
it's not me it's you it's not my words it's yours it's your spirit you will move you take over do what you need to do and just allow me to be a vessel to be able to transmit whatever it is you need to transmit to your people and it's through that just like dedication of my life over and over and over and over to God that I have fe- I feel that I have had a, a growth and development in my Christianity in my faith and in my relationship with God is my relationship with God perfect absolutely not do I still completely jack everything up yes I do do I still fall short yes I do but you know what Even then, that's where his grace and mercy show up. That is where his strength takes over. That is where his spirit guides and leads and teaches me the things that I am still working on, the things that I'm still needing and lacking in. And, you know, fast forward a little bit more. We're going through and I'm part of the worship team, you know, officially. And I'm going through and I'm kind (sighs) of reluctantly still trying to like grow my talents and and things and get out there and and share my gift but still very much so hesitantly not fully letting God take over and and, you know take over the reins I have then further witnessed God's grace and mercy and faithfulness and strength in my life during times where I really should not have been standing up there because things were completely falling apart in my life. So an example that I'll share with you is my grandmother died on a Sunday. I mean, on a Saturday, you know, and you know, when she passed away and the next morning I was at church worshiping and praising when my heart was completely broken because my grandmother had passed away and it was a very sad death because she had developed cancer and we just kind of seen this huge deterioration of her health she also had um alzheimer's like dementia symptoms as well so we had kind of lost her short-term memory but she still vividly remembered so many things about you know the younger years of our lives and we truly said goodbye to her surrounding her by her grandchildren her sons and it was a beautiful experience but completely heartbreaking to know that you've lost someone and that person is no longer going to be in your life and the following morning there I was leading worship like nothing had occurred and truly like my body my spirit was burdened because obviously it's something traumatic that happens when you experience and you feel the sadness but At the same time, as I led worship, I felt renewed. I felt strengthened. I felt comforted. And, you know, there's just so much that, like, goes without being spoken or said. And there's no one, you know, that I needed to share that experience with, except I knew that when I walked off that pulpit and I was done with leading worship and it was time for the word I knew that at that point God had done his job in me just as I had done my job in the ministry and it's something so beautiful and I really don't think that people give a relationship with God an honest to goodness opportunity because we feel it's going to be too hard or it's going to be too challenging. But all he wants is a willing heart. All that God wants is a willing heart. 
for you to open up your heart to be able to convey your worries, your concerns, your burdens, and give them to him and allow him the space to be able to move, to work in your favor, to work in you, to bring you strength and peace and comfort, to give you words of wisdom when you lack them. Because I can tell you as a mother, sometimes I have no words to the things that my kids present to me. And I feel like I'm at complete odds with what I want to say and what I feel I should say versus what I really should be saying. And I take a step back in those moments and just ask God, like, please give me the words, give me the wisdom to be able to not hurt their hearts, but upbuild them. Them, and to be able to heal and restore the things that the world tries to destroy. So here I am, we go through this experience with my grandmother passing away and you know, we go through this and then in that same year my sister delivers a 26 week old preemie baby. And my niece was literally fighting for her life and I don't think that I've ever prayed so fervently in my entire life as I did for the time that that baby was in the NICU which was months and just literally breaking down before God in straight tears and cries asking him to please intervene in my niece's life to please put his healing hands upon her tiny little body and to help her push through pull through and just Honestly, when I look at her, my niece is going to be six next month. And when I look at all that she does, all that she has accomplished in her six years, and what I saw and witnessed when I saw that baby for the first time in the NICU, is truly nothing short of knowing that I have witnessed and experienced a miracle in my life. And my niece is hands down a miracle in all of our lives. She is a constant physical reminder of the power of God's healing, love, and mercy, and him responding to the cries and call outs of our prayers on behalf of our niece. And, you know, and I know that during that period, my sister had to go through a very difficult process of not having her baby with her, of her having to recover from an emergency C-section that she had, and just all of these things. There were so many layers that were just layering and layering during that season of my life, and I honestly know that I would have lost my ever-loving mind had I not been in constant communication and prayer with God and just that constant connection where I felt comforted, I felt I felt heard and seen, I felt his love, his peace within me and that helped me to be there and be a beacon of support and love and outpouring for my sister who was now going through this very first-hand experience with her child and with her own physical being and health and all of these things that just kind of accumulated during this season of time. Fast forward a couple of months and my husband and I at that point had actually gotten pregnant and miscarried and during that same summer where I'm going through and I'm praying for my niece, praying for my sister, I experienced heartbreak beyond anything that I could say that I've experienced in my own personal life, removing, you know, anyone, you know, any relative losses and things like that. Experiencing the loss of a child that we had so long awaited and wanted was 
deteriorating to me. It was deteriorating to my mental health, my well-being. I felt like I was just in utter shock. And I'm going to tell you what snapped me back into the reality of what I was going through, but also that I was going to overcome, was a Christian song on K-Love Radio. It's called Thy Will Be Done. And the song is 100% a songwriter's account of her own personal miscarriage experience. And her falling down to her knees and saying, how can my broken heart be a part of your plan? But even still, I will declare, your will be done. And when it, when it comes to Christianity and your faith and your walk, it really comes down to, are you truly committing to that relationship? Just like dating, marriage, friendships, family... Are you truly committing, investing the time into that relationship? And are you going, are you willing to continue it and maintain it over a long-term period of time? Because Christianity is not a trend. I've been a Christian my entire life. I'm 36 years old. This is not a trend. This is not something that I feel is in now. It's popular. It's cool. It's not. Christianity is the way of living my life. It's the way that I believe that I want to raise my children. It's the way that I believe God wants me to love and treat other people. It's the way that I believe is how I should live my life. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I do everything 100% right 100% of the time because I don't. But what it does mean is that I'm constantly checking in having conversations, going through prayer, reading the Bible, reading encouraging words, reading positive messages, putting out positive messages, giving words of encouragement, and sowing in the people around me. Strangers, people I know, family, loved ones, doesn't matter. God calls us to love him and to love people. And it doesn't mean any specific people. It means all people. And that's what I try to mold my life as, is to be as Christ-like as possible. And the beauty of having a relationship with God is understanding that even when we fail, he is still there for us. His faithfulness never wavers. His faithfulness never fails. It's we that fail. It's us that fall short. And we are the ones that bail on the relationship. And it's in those difficult moments in my life, such as my grandmother passing, my niece being in the NICU, my miscarriage, that I have truly witnessed the goodness and faithfulness of God. And anything that has ever not turned out as I planned has become something that I now look back on and see that it was a lesson, it was a timing issue, it was whatever it may be. And now I can see with more clarity, do I understand every single situation in my life? No. Am I supposed to? Absolutely not. Only God knows all the reasons for all the things that transpire in life. And sometimes it's things that it's not even God controlling it. It's other people making decisions around you that impact your life. And we have to really... Ask God to help us decipher some of that because sometimes it's like, how could God allow me to have to lose my family when it was your husband who was had a cheating heart? Like God had nothing to do with that. He didn't tell him to go cheat. He had a cheating heart and left you. Um, so it's just kind of being able to like d- 
differentiate between the things that are beyond our control that have truly transpired and occurred because of choices we've made or things that have led up to these events versus things that are the outcome and result of other people's decisions in our lives. And through all of that, whether it's self-inflicted or not, we have to understand that it's in, in a relationship, there comes moments of strife and there comes moments when we're upset and we can, you know, we can go to God and, and you know, reclaim and say, you know, how could you let this happen? And, you know, in that moment of anger or, you know, passionate heat that we're just like really upset and just really want to know why did this happen? We have to understand that we have to also then allow the space and time to be able to get some kind of feedback and response back. So we've gone through these instances of my life and then I, I've gone through a lot of things in my professional life and anytime that I go for anything career-wise anytime my husband has gone through any change in our life in our finances and anything that we want of substance I present it to God and I say God open the doors if it's meant to be ours if it's not shut them doors tight I don't want even a glimpse of it if it's not for us if it's not for our benefit if it's not for the betterment of my family my life if it's not going to add or you know enhance what I'm looking for I don't want it and that's a really difficult thing to do and it's a very difficult thing to try and achieve to truly rely on God's guidance for all of our daily choices for all of the things that we need to make decisions on so it's just it's really intricate to be able to say God, I want you to take over. I want you to lead me. I want you to open the doors. I want you, you know, there's so many things. Like right now, we want to buy a home. And that's that's something we both have on our minds, both have in our hearts. And I'm going to tell you flat out that the house that I want with the very specific needs that I want met, I have prayed about. And I said, God... When the time is right, everything's going to flow, and I'm going to find the exact house that I am looking for. And I'm trusting in that, and I'm kind of doing like the Emerald Legacy or whatever it was, the set it and forget it method. You know, I'm going to put it to you. This is what I want. These are my specifications. I want it in this budget. And I know it's going to happen. I know it'll come to pass when it's time. And I've done that with so many things in my life, including our family. So after the miscarriage, it took us some time to get pregnant again. It took us an entire year. And a lot of people were like, don't rush. Let your body heal. You know, everybody has their insights. You know, some people say it's perfectly fine to jump back in and try and get pregnant. Some people are like, it's better to wait. And honestly, we weren't waiting. We were continuously trying to get pregnant again. It took us an entire year. And looking back, I needed that year in order to heal mentally and emotionally to be able to prepare myself for the difficult pregnancy that I was to face ahead. Because once we did get pregnant, I had a lot of challenges with that particular pregnancy from beginning to end. Um, the only non-stressful thing about that was my delivery because it was a C-section planned. I waltzed into the delivery room and that was a piece of cake. Everything else leading up to that event 
was not a piece of cake at all. It was a very stressful pregnancy. It was a very stressful newborn phase. So there was a lot of things that I needed to strengthen my spirit, my will as a mother, as a person, as a wife, to be able to prepare myself for that next phase of my life. And even then, God's faithfulness has always, always, always remained. And during this walk and this growth of, you know, leadership and worship and trying to do all these things, I find myself being people's, like, beloved person in the church. And honestly, I don't seek to be that person, but I can't be unkind to people. I don't like being rude. I don't like being short. Um, and if I perceive that I was even slightly short with you, I feel terrible about it and I feel like a lousy person. And at the end of all of these things, the only thing that I know that I have been steadfast on in my relationship with God is just asking him and working to always continuously remain humble no matter how many accolades people give me about how great I sing I honestly don't think I'm that great a singer I think that I put myself in the hands of God to use the talents he's bestowed upon me but I don't believe that I'm a fantastic singer I also don't believe that I'm a great leader sometimes I don't even know what words come out of my mouth, but I know that they're words that impact people in a positive way that help them feel God's love towards them. And I just, I give all the glory to God because I ask him every Sunday on my way to church, at church, let it be you, let it be you and not me because I never want it to be a representation of who I am. I want to be a representation of who he is. And I can tell you without doubt, without being shaken, that God has been faithful to me. He's been faithful to my family. He's been faithful to my friends. He has covered me. He has covered my husband in grace. Um, to allow us to get to where we are today. And I don't say this as a bragging point, but I really, really have seen God's faithfulness. And I, there's no other way for me to declare or say that you should have a relationship with God if I genuinely didn't believe in my heart that God is real, that a relationship with God is truly attainable and sustainable, and it's necessary to be able to endure the trying, painful, hurting times that we're living in because this world is jacked up. And honestly, I don't know how people with no faith whatsoever make it through every single day because the amount of sheer sadness and negativity in this world is astounding. Like I just, if I were to like remove God from the picture and try to just cope with everything that you hear and see and read or are constantly bombarded by, I don't think that I like, I don't think I would be mentally stable. Like it's just so overwhelming. And I know that God has a, you know, he is the center of my heart and my life. And 
Every day is a continuous effort for me to do better than I did yesterday, to be closer to him than I was yesterday, to get to know him better, to have him reveal himself, his purpose, his will in my life every single day. And this doesn't mean that these are grand gestures or things that I'm doing on a daily basis. I just take the time to be able to communicate to God while I'm driving, while I'm commuting, while I'm doing dishes, whatever it may be. Like, I just take the time to be able to speak to God and to just say, you know, Lord, let me feel in my heart the things that I need to do, the decisions we need to make. Help me feel comforted. Help me feel confident about the things that we're choosing and help me to guide my life, my family, my daughters, my husband, and do all of the things that I need to do on a daily basis as a regular person. But in all of that, always, 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 including and asking God for guidance. It's not that difficult. If you have a therapist or a psychologist... You're talking to somebody and believing that these people can help you. It's no different than being able to talk to God and believing that at the end of the day, he's going to make a way. He's going to open doors of opportunity. He's going to give you guidance. He's going to give you clarity of mind to be able to make the decisions and choices you need to make on a daily basis to fulfill your purpose. Ask him to reveal your purpose. And I can tell you right now at 36 years old, I still don't think I've fully uncovered the complete purpose that God has for my life. And honestly, it's out of fear because I can see the things that he does when I open my heart willingly and allow myself to be that instrument. And then in my very human nature, I become afraid of having such responsibility weighted on my shoulders because I am a mere human who messes up on a daily basis and that is just entirely too much to bear. But with that, I'm continuing to make strides forward to continue to do what I've been given to do at this point in my life and I continue to ask God for the strength and faithfulness in in myself and in with him to help me really get through to that next phase of growth and development in my purpose and fully revealing my entire purpose for my life. And I know that there's a lot of things that I've asked God sometimes to put a standstill on because the moment in my life just doesn't feel like a good moment, you know, and we're getting close to finishing that moment of where I don't think that I have the capacity or the time or the willingness to do so. And I look forward to the next chapter. I think that God is amazing, that he is a loving God. He is a merciful God. And he truly wants the best for us as his children. And I really think that if you don't already have a relationship with God, I invite you to just right where you are, close your eyes by your head and just repeat this short prayer with me. Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I declare that you love me and you know that I love you. And Lord, I receive that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, for the forgiveness of my sins. And I know that they are forgiven. And Lord, whenever I mess up and I fail and I sin again, right then and there, help me to get back up, to ask for forgiveness and to keep moving forward. Help me to follow you, to walk with you, to be close to you, to help sustain a relationship with you. Allow me to feel the faith and grace and mercy and feel your love towards me in my life in every single day. Lord, I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. 
I declare all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I really invite you that if you don't already have a church where you congregate, if you don't visit a local church, please feel free to stop by our church. Our church is called Family Worship Church in New Britain, Connecticut. And I would be more than honored to have you join us. We do offer bilingual services, so English and Spanish is spoken in our church. And it would be an absolute delight to have you come and visit. This Sunday is Easter Sunday, so if you happen to be in the Connecticut area, check us out at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. We would be delighted to have you. I hope that you've enjoyed my Let Me Tell You About My Jesus session today. Have a great day, you guys. God bless. Until next time. Bye.